I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Dylan. He has lymphoma. Let's talk about it. In the new studio, hanging out with our new pal. I guess I'm not so new pal. I mean, for me, it's a new pal because I've missed out on the fun video game times that have that have uh, transpired between, uh, I guess, you guys and Dylan. Yeah, just a few sweaties. What did we win, just like, a few sweaties. What did we win, like, three in a row last night, Brian, I think? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Actually, three. Uh, wait, no. three. Second no. in the, second <laughs> in the fourth. Oh, I was like, whoa, <laughs> shit, dude. Uh, uh, Dylan, uh, we are, we are going to get, we're going to dive headfirst into the world of lymphoma. Um, yeah. But before we do... Introduce yourself, uh, let us know who you are, and then, and then while you're at it, remind me, what the fuck is lymphoma again? <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, I think you guys have had uh, someone with Hodgkin's lymphoma on before. We um, definitely uh, have. I feel like we've I'm, had yeah. a couple people yeah, with Hodgkin's. Yeah, for sure, yeah. at least. At least. Um, Hodgkin's, non-Hodgkin's, all types of lymphoma. There's a bunch. There are, there are a lot of types. But yeah, so, yeah, so I'm Dylan. Um, I am from Niagara. I work for the Canadian Cancer Society. Um, I was diagnosed with lymphoma for the first time back in 2017 uh, when I was in my second year of university. And I was kind of like just going along. I noticed a lump in my neck in like December of my second year. And uh, I was like, I have exams. Uh, I'm busy procrastinating and going to the bar. Uh, I don't want to deal with this. So I was like, screw it until about February. Um, and then I got it checked out, which is not good. Don't do that ever. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that. Um, so, so I kind of procrastinated it and eventually, uh, you know, went through the whole gamut of tests and, and got diagnosed with lymphoma. When you, when you say you had a, a lump in your neck, like how, how noticeable is it? Like I'm, I'm checking my neck now. I'm thinking like, was, do I have any weird lumps that, uh, that I might need to get Yeah, Are we checked? talking like cystic acne kind of lump or like. <laughs> Or, like, you have to, like, palpate to, like, find, oh, what the fuck? What's that weird thing under there? It was, like, I was in my tiny little, like, crackhead apartment that I mistakenly rented. And I, <laughs> at, like, 3 in the morning, I was just going to bed. And, and I scratched my collarbone. And I'm, like, oh, that's, like, a gumball-sized thing above my collarbone. I was, like, that's weird. And that's oh. a big thing that crackheads do, right? There's a lot of scratching involved. And, and I picked that up. I picked that up. Also, right. you yeah. said you said that you were in a crackhead apartment, like, as if you shouldn't have been there, but then you said you were going to bed at 3 in the morning, and I was, like, that seems kind of like a crackhead time to go to bed. Yeah, like, exclusively, <laughs> three in the, anybody who goes to bed at 3 in the morning is automatically classified yeah. as a Unless crackhead. you're playing uh, video games like Dylan and I. Yeah. We, I, I had a little bit of a late late one last night with Dylan, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the crossovers were probably too much. You know, I had a lot of stuff going, going on in my body that was probably similar, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> similar amount of blood tests. But uh, it was like the size of a gumball. Like, it was noticeable. I could, like, oh, kind of, wow. you know, squish it. And I was like, it's probably weird, but I kind of wrote it off. And then by the time I got it checked out, it was like I could feel it, you know, if I, like, stuck out my neck. I was like, 
what do you guys think about this to my friends in lecture and they're like jesus <gasps> christ yeah right what the fuck they're like put that away dude <laughs> right. so you can out. so you can eventually like see Jeez. it yeah yeah eventually it, it gets pretty noticeable. it's about the size of uh that the tumor in my neck was like three and a half centimeters and then there was a tumor in my chest that was like 10 and a half centimeters whoa, so whoa, whoa. Man, that ever, one was I was like, whoa! I didn't even know about that until they scanned it. Isn't you, that isn't that the most fascinating thing? Like we we talk to people with cancer all the time, and and it, you know, oftentimes we'll hear someone talk about like, yeah, I had this, you know, I had a I had a a golf ball sized tumor in my groin, or like mm-hmm. I had a. I mean, I was talking to I was talking to a, a woman once, and she was like, yeah, I had a basketball sized tumor in my liver. Yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah. you, she, she didn't know, you know, it's like. Where Our bodies are so squishy. It's 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 just hiding they're in the body. Squishy, everything, everything, they're not squishy, which is why they can hide because that muscle is like so. It just like or your organs are squishy. No, like, but that's what I'm saying. It is squishy because it's like it grows and everything that's in there goes. Ah, I'll just move over here. I'll just it's move. All, right. I'll, yeah, 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 like I'll right. move with you. It's all good. And yeah, then we'll and then room. you know and yeah and then and then you take something like that out of the body. It's not like your body's is, is is sitting there going, "Whoa, this is so weird." We have this giant gap now. The body, the oh, insides yeah, just, just go, go back "Cool, in, let's yeah. just fit, like let's just like loosen into this." And <laughs> but I space. imagine that because it's so much like pressure. Because I remember when Brandon was telling us about the tumor in his uh, femur. It was. Uh, football size yeah, yeah and and like the reason why he didn't notice it is because the muscles were just so like jacked. folding it all in and, and, and why is it always sports <laughs> like why doesn't somebody say like i had a i had a sony camera size tumor <laughs> yeah it's interesting yeah, what's up with all the balls i can tell you exactly why because there's so many different sony cameras and sports balls are always regulation size and they're right. always like exactly yes. the same size it's the well, regulation it, it makes me think that they do that in nursing school or like medical school because <laughs> nurses and doctors will say like oh yeah it's like a golf ball or a basketball right. size yeah. yeah they're like okay, sports well. is fun do you it's think like, this yeah. person has cancer just give them a tell them about sports do you, you think have a free basketball inside of you so when we're done <laughs> you can go play some hoops. do you do you think they have a chart in like the the nursing schools or medical schools that is like all of the balls and how they relate to different size tumors <laughs> it's like ping pong ball you're in the green zone and then like football and basketball is the red zone yeah. Yeah. not the good red zone not the good red zone <laughs> not the, the not football the zone, red zone not the zone that tv12 is always is always tossing bombs okay, in am okay, i right okay <laughs> okay anyway so they Sports. find out that you have a, a couple tumors dylan and uh, yeah that's yeah not a yeah good thing. so uh originally in 2017 i i took some time off school and and did online work and uh i was on six months of chemotherapy which is kind of like the standard uh regimen for hodgkins hodgkins is considered treatable or curable sorry so originally my oncologist was like oh dude you're like 19 years old we'll we'll hook you up with some chemo radiation and you'll be good to go and we won't ever see you again wait what what was it but what was it like what was it like finding out that you had cancer because like it, I mean, you're talking about it fairly nonchalantly right now. And even mm-hmm. like talking to your friends and having, having them say to you like, dude, Dylan, you you need to get that checked out. That doesn't look good. And then you go in yeah. and you find out that it's cancer. Like, was that, did that fuck you up at first or were, were you, you sort of. It, it's interesting because, you know, I've been around, like I've been around cancer. My, my uncle, uh, had terminal lung cancer. Uh, I, I've known some people who've, who had cancer, uh, some friends. So it, it was something that I was familiar with. It, it wasn't what it wasn't like this big, like C word kind of thing. Mm. Um, the doctor was like, this is what you have. And we're going to treat you. And, and imagine the doctor's are. like, you have cunt. 
and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh. There are a lot of C words that, that uh, it's, the doctor could. Oh, I don't know, can, oh yeah, right. You were saying cancer, right? Yeah, I'd rather, I honestly, like cancer or cunt. I don't know. Yeah, same, <laughs> same thing. Kind of yeah. cancer might be as better. I don't know. Soon, <laughs> as soon as you said C in this word, country. Dylan, I knew that we were going to hear that word come out of uh, Jared's almost, mouth. Yeah, it's a given. It was, it's it's a given. A given. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't say it. The only C word I know. But yeah, so I, you know, it was like, it was shocking and it was not a great situation to have to go into chemo and not know what that was going to be like. But at the same time, I was, I was like, you know, this is an opportunity for me to reflect a little bit and take some time off school. Um, Dude, how old were you, man? That sounds like the thought of like a a 45 year old stoic, not a 19 year old (laughs) university student. I I was like, I was okay. Like, you know, it was tough. And I think for me, the the worst part is always uh, what everyone else is thinking, because I know Mm. it's equally, if not more hard on people Mm. around you. Mm. So, and they said like, they were pretty honest, like, look, this is considered very curable. You, you know, um, up, above 90% cure rate, uh, especially for someone your age and, and otherwise healthy. So they said they like my oncologist was pretty, was pretty nonchalant about it. He's like, yeah, wow. we're, you know, we're going to get you in and, and you'll be cool. And I kind of always appreciated that it was, it was, uh, lighthearted and, and, uh, contributed to a lot of why I'm like, Oh, this is fine. You know, go to my, my friend's house. And they're like, dude, you look like shit. Let me touch your bald head. It seems like a very different, uh, it seems like a very different, uh, it just seems like a whole different, uh, like everything that you've kind of said up till now, it just seems like a very, almost like a new age isn't the right way to put it, but it almost seems like a, like a, like a new approach to, to cancer. Cancer, like, new what, wave cancer, new wave, can- new wave, like, lo-fi just, cancer. I just mean that, 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 that the, that, that the medical professionals are, are, are very, optimistic well uh, but you're talking about a, a cancer that they say is curable yeah, which but, is not yeah. like but no, you, like 30 but, years ago it wasn't but like do, they've made so much advancement with this that it that they're you know almost proud to say like yeah this is a very effective treatment right and not to like blow it off they, they, that's definitely not what they're doing but kind of to to put some reassurance and say like we're gonna get you out of this you're gonna be okay do, do you think that that <clears throat> do you think that that was also just kind of like your your physician's um, sort of like bedside manner. It you know, totally like, could have been. Yeah. It totally could have been. He's uh, I really like my oncologist. He, he's a super nice guy. So it, it definitely could have been like I don't want to freak this kid out. Mm. You know, I, I, uh, when I look back at pictures of myself, like from my first chemo, I'm like a child. So I'm like, okay, I imagine that, you know, he sees this like little like 19 year old stroll in and he doesn't want to freak me out too much. But I think he was being pretty honest. Like uh, the general consensus for first round of Hodgkin's is that it's fairly treatable. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so, you know, as, um, as I've, I've gone back into that spoiler alert, um, as I've relapsed a couple of times, it's become less part of the conversation of mm-hmm. like oh sure. you're gonna be fine <laughs> sure but, and, but i and i also i don't just i don't just when i said that i don't just mean the way that the you're that the doc is handling it but also also the way that you know you said you have got you had an uncle who who uh had terminal lung cancer and, and you've had cancer in your life like mm-hmm. we were just having a conversation an hour, an hour ago with somebody and we were talking we we touched on the you know how <clears throat> cancer um, and especially, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, cancer is this sort of like, Hey, you know, like you've got cancer, you know, you don't need, you don't need to tell, you don't need to talk about it. You don't need to tell anybody or, you know, you can just, 
you just glide right through that experience and like only the closest people need to know and the close to the yeah. chest and it and what i'm really meant by that like new era i guess of of cancer and how we talk about it is this this approach that's like hey everybody this is what i'm going through um you know let's put it up let's all all the cards are on the table they're there we're cool with it and it's it's a it's a facet of life right now and and, and your friends want to rub your bald head yeah yeah, I, I, it's something that a lot of a lot of the language around it is not like you're 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 dealing with it or you have it. It's just you're living with it, you know. Yeah. And, and I really like that. It's not you have cancer, you're winning, you're losing, or you're, you're doing this, you're doing that. It's just you're. It's something you're living with, and and you're treating it or you're maintaining it, and mm-hmm. and uh, and it can look like a lot of different things. Like right now, I have my hair. Um, I'm going to lose it eventually with this treatment, but, you know, I have it right now. I look otherwise pretty normal, um, other than the fact that it's purple because I tied it for a fundraiser. <laughs> but, but, hey, uh, I approve. I approve. See, I thought <laughs> I, I was actually going to ask, <laughs> Brian's been dying his hair lately. Sometimes he's blonde, sometimes he's pink. And uh, I was gonna, I was going, you know, are you, did you follow Brian? Did Brian follow you? I actually Is didn't this- even know Brian had uh, blonde hair now. I, I, yeah. uh. I did purple. You thought it was purple. It's, <laughs> did you do what? Did you do pink? I did pink, and then I did lavender after. After oh, I'm lavender. not calling it purple, oh. man. It was fucking lavender. Mine fade. Mine faded a lot. I did purple because for the fundraiser, I did it for the color for lymphoma is purple. So I thought, oh, mm. whatever, just do that. And I kind of liked the way it looked. And uh, that's what I, I, I did that too. Yeah. 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 Thank you for the support. Brian. <laughs> for some really reason, for some reason <laughs> no on Dylan, it just like works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to uh, agree with that. I mean, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm trying not to say much, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say uh, 100% on that one. Too. Hey, Hey Dylan, <laughs> it works so well on you that I'm thinking about going back. I, I like it. Maybe it doesn't work as well. Me, but but I like it. It looks good. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, you you know, you've kind of danced around it a couple times now. But uh, so you are basically like a a professional cancer haver. Uh, it's your cancer. Like the has, sound of that. Uh, your cancer has come back. So how, how many times has has it has it sprung back into your life? So I, I uh, was was in remission um, on my way to being considered cure for, cured for two years, and uh, my first time on chemo, I like gained sixty pounds. Whoa! Uh, which I was like, is that typical? I, I feel like no, right? I, yeah. Because I thought like at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is you know not so bad. I've never been like super like I was never super fit before that. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'll lose some weight, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then I get on it. And it's you're like, like oh, I've, you're I've seen the movies. <laughs> I've seen the movies. They always right. they always like lose enough weight to look sickly. I can't wait to look sickly. <laughs> kind of right. I was like, that's gonna be a look. That's fine. Um, and then I gained like seventy pounds, and I was like hairless, Whoa. like oh, overweight, really unhappy. And and so after that, I I got really motivated to like hit the gym. I was in the gym like six seven days a week. Um, and I lost like 75 pounds and, and wow. really fell in love with that and, and got into that lifestyle. How did you find, um, how did you find, um, how did you find ac- like exercise and getting back into that? And just like, did, did the treatment, did your treatment affect the way that you were able to do that? Or were you able to kind of spring back and, and, and do everything like, you know, normal quote unquote, or that, it, as I much as you expect? Yeah, I was able to, you know, it took some, a while. My, my lung function took a hit. Mm. Um, so I was at about like 80, I, I mean, 
talking to Jeremy, obviously, like 80% Jeremy's like, fuck you, dumb. God, what a luxury. <laughs> but for me, it was like having to adjust to this. And, and so it, it was a, a, a process of building back that um, normalcy that I had kind of gotten used to and eventually mm. surpassing what I consider normal and, and like getting fit and, and falling in love with that. And it was like two years of that. I had graduated school. I started working for the Canadian Cancer Society for about six months uh, fundraising with high schools in Ontario. And uh, then actually the day after I gave a talk, uh, a TEDx talk about, you know, all these things that I learned about my experience with cancer, the next day I found a lump again in the exact place. Oh, that I no. And I was like, shit, that is so ironic. The day after. The that, day I mean, after. that's that's so wild because like I – I I can imagine so I I can only imagine that if I found a lump in you know whatever my neck or or in my in my thigh and and I I have this knowledge in my like in my heart of hearts that like I know this is cancer I I feel mm-hmm. like that would be like one of the um that would be like up there with like one of the hardest moments of your life, you know, like we're, we're like, like there's just this, uh, this idea of a sinking feeling, but it's sobering. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but then to, to compare, like to contrast that with giving a TEDx talk, which, which is like such a rush, you know, like, yeah. I mean, public speaking is always such a rush, but like, at, you know, doing it on like a, 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 a stage that you, you've put a lot of, um, I don't know. You've, you've put a lot, a lot of like a stock into it. Like yeah, this is, yeah. This is like a huge deal. Like the day yeah. before, you know, I was like, I was dressed up. I was feeling great. Yeah. I was like feeling really fit. Um, I had high. noticed that I like you're, you. I was like, it was. It's a high, right? Mm. You know, like you guys know, you, you've done it, Jeremy. You've you've done it you yeah. know, specifically on the TEDx stage. It's such a high going out there. And this was January 2020. So this is like everything's still normal 2020. Right. right. So I I spoke to a crowd. Foreshadowing. I, I was meeting people. I was still going to you know relay for life events, fundraising for the Canadian Cancer Society, and then and then I find that lump, and I'm like shit you know it's it feels like such a knockdown and then over the next few weeks it was kind of this game of 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 telling all my friends and family and saying like i'm pretty you know it's nothing you know i'll be fine but then thinking like you know man i don't know if i'm gonna be fine did did it and yeah that was kind of my question um (laughs) like even though you're saying that to obviously because so when my mom had bladder cancer a lot of what she told me was like Mm. to i think she told me things and framed them in a way Mm. that would sort of strategically make me feel comfortable with what she was going through and so when you find out like it's it's interesting thinking about the the first time you get cancer and the doctor's you know confident that oh 90% this is curable like no problem we're going to take care of this and so that makes you feel good but then i you know from what i know of cancer and and having a recurrence um obviously the statistics start to change um yeah. so for for you even though you're like kind of projecting this you know confidence and comfort given the scary nature of the situation, um, were you still feel, were you, were you sort of wavering a little bit and how you felt about that prognosis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's kind of like the first little 
chink in the armor, right? Chipping away at that idea, like, oh, I'm going to be totally good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and having to tell people like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm, you know, this is the treatment plan. If I, you know, if it's positive for, for cancer and blah, 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 and kind of already knowing in the back of my head that that's what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and and saying like I'll be fine, and then in the back of my head being like, well, you know, that's kind of a lie. I don't know if I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I, I, I have a question that's that's um, you know like you, there's this sort of like great storyline going and like how your first occurrence with cancer, and then you're then finding out about the second time. But I I just kind of want to cut to this moment last night um, when you and I were playing uh, Call of Duty. You were telling me that you had a. Uh, a, a test, a, a CT scan today, yeah, and and you you immediately like followed up saying that you had a CT scan with like yeah, I'm not worried about it, it should be fine anyway, and and <laughs> I was worried about it. <laughs> I will say, spoiler, he was worried about it. <laughs> but yeah, right. and so that's what I wanted to ask because because I have to say, man, it was convincing. Like when you said I'm not worried about it, I just assumed like oh he must have been speaking to Is the doctors it, and like there's no. Is no, that was, a is that a defense mechanism? Like is that a defense mechanism? Like a protection mechanism for the people around you? Like that's mm. automatic and built in that you don't want to portray to to other people that there should be something to worry about. You don't want the tribe to know you're weak so that they don't <laughs> they don't ostracize you and chuck you off the cliff. You know, well, I mean, for the war zone team, absolutely, I wanted to be on my A game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, um, uh, you know what? It's almost like habit at this point to to mm. just be like, yeah, it'll be fine. You know, I'm yeah. not worried. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, last night uh, I was, worried. I was, I was very worried. It was, it's kind of like a make or break moment. Mm. I found out actually, you know, it, the CT scan was great. I, they could, it looked normal. Fuck so yeah, dude. The chemo, the, the, That's great. The chemo that I'm on right now is working well. So Fuck yeah. uh, I can go into the next part of my, uh, I'm going into my second stem cell transplant. So, uh, Whoa. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Um, I get to do that. Well, let's go. Getting... Let's go. But let's before we get there, let's go back to the the first time you mm-hmm. had a recurrence. Is that the right language? Am I saying that? Yeah, like a relapse. Yeah, relapse. relapse. So um, when when you like obviously you, you found the lump the day after the the TED talk, but did like I'm assuming you went immediately to see your oncologist and figure out what was going on or. Did yeah, you put this it off time I did. I, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and over the next few days, uh, I started having other symptoms. Like I was losing weight really fast. Uh, I wasn't really hungry. I was sweating at night, which are all like terrible signs. Like these are all like really big red flags. And I called my my oncologist uh, office and the nurse there was like, okay, yeah, well, uh, we'll get you in in like three weeks for a CT scan. Oh, wow. And I was like, that seems like a long time, like three weeks. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of shit can go down in three weeks in my body. Like, is there any mm. way we can move that up? And eventually, like, eventually they did. And I think my mom called them and, like, started harassing them every day to, uh, <laughs> so moms are to for. get me in. Yeah, yeah. right? Uh, so that was good. So, we, yeah, we got in and, and it came back that it was a relapse, um, which was tough. Like, I had to, I answered that call with my girlfriend in the car Ugh. that my doctor was like, yeah, uh, you know, we found something in your chest. Uh, it was exactly the same, like, size and place as it was last time. And that was tough, like, having to go through that, you know, together mm. and, and uh, support each other through that. But uh, what's the conversation like the second time around? Like, in contrast to the first conversation where the doctor is mm. like, you know what, 90% cure rate, 
you know, don't worry about it. Seems like, you know, he's going to jump on Call of Duty with you later that night. He's very like, yo, dude, it's like going to be, it's going to be, it's gonna, this is going to be the sickest cancer. You're still, Dylan, your life, your life KDA is still going to be. <laughs> right, yeah, right. And you're like, and, and then like, so that's the first conversation. What's, what is the second conversation like in contrast to that? The, yeah, like the follow-up to that is like, obviously it's not great that it's relapsed. But the prognosis is still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and by good, I mean, they were like, yeah, it's like 50-50. Which I was like, I don't, I don't know if I call it good, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, Seriously, 50-50, yeah. that's what we're dealing with. And, uh, and it, it's kind of a matter of fact, like, you know, you've done this before, Dylan. You've kind of been around the block. So let's just hop into it um, and, and get started. And, and then from there, it's, it's kind of hanging up the phone and and letting that sink in and mm. and calling people and telling you know having a little power of what's going on and this Wait. was this was january of 2020 this was january yeah so i started treatment again in february february like 28th right so this is like my first round of chemo was right when everything was kind of starting to get starting weird. To hit the fan yeah starting to get weird and wild and and that's been like you know that's been a something i think that's you know, I, I could look at it as a negative, but I think I see it more as a positive in the fact that um, I've been given that opportunity to see what people are facing right now in the hospital and see what frontline healthcare workers are doing mm. and how much they've had to take on and and uh, what other people are, are adapting to. And it's been really powerful. I, I always say, you know, my first round of chemo, I'm like this 19 year old shithead who's like, has like a Nintendo Switch going into the hospital, like candy, you know, drinks, whatever. My parents are here. What, hey, man, you know, I brought my fucking good. Nintendo Switch to the clinic dude, the other yeah. day. What the fuck? Dude, it's so good. I'm like, 33. Of, <laughs> dude, it's awesome. And, and so I have all of these amenities with me. Like, I feel like I'm so lucky. Yeah. And then halfway through my treatment, I'm still like, I walk into the hospital, and I feel like shit and I don't want to be there. And I'm, you know, I'm not looking forward to recovering. And then I see like these, these amazing people sitting next to me who are like older, uh, one woman, she lived away from her family. Her so bright, she's positive. You know, she's talking to all the nurses. She's chatting us up. Mm. Uh, she's talking about specifically how, like, she used services from the Canadian Cancer Society and how she met some of her friends there. And I was like, shit, like, look at me, all of this stuff, and I'm feeling sorry for myself. And mm. this woman who has you know, so little comparatively is spreading all this joy to me and and the people around me. That was kind of a big reflection point in my life, I think, to look back and say, this is something you can see as a negative or you can see it as a positive and do something with it. And that was kind of when I got started with the CCS and everything. And this was, this was, this was the, was this the the first, this was the first, this was the first time. Yeah. 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 So that's when I started getting involved and eventually why, why I worked for the Canadian cancer society. And so at this time it was kind of more about following through on that and kind of putting, you know, it's really easy to say like, Oh, I did that. And now I'm looking back on it. Yeah. And, and everyone around me is very quick when I'm having a bad day to be like, I don't know, Dylan, that Ted talk you gave sounded pretty inspirational. You might want to give it a watch. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I, I can't help but wonder though, like the, the contrast between, um 19 year old Dylan going through treatment when the world was the way we knew it once mm-hmm. to to Dylan in 2020 going through treatment when all of a sudden 
our entire reality was upended. Like, what was the what was the experience for you of receiving treatment during a global pandemic? Yeah, it, it's been shockingly different. You know, I, I thought, oh, well, uh, you know, you're not supposed to be around a lot of people anyway on treatment. How different can it be? Right, sure. But, but you know, normally you'd have that period, for me at least on my chemo treatment, it was like a week or two where I'd feel like shit and then I'd bounce back and I'd be able to like go out to dinner with my friends or, you know, go go hang out, like go to a fire, like a bonfire or something. Now it's just you get out of that sick period and you're still stuck. Right. So it's it, it's tough. It's a grind. Like these past three four months, I've been on treatment this time. It's like in a it's felt like years, but also days, just because everything starts to blur together, and that's something that everyone can relate to, right? Mm. So yeah, we've just been in this time that's like that's so um, you know you there's exactly like you just said there's there's it almost seems like we're you we're at this point where it's no where it's it's become more normal than it ha- than it is weird which yeah. which is yeah. in itself which very fucking, fucking weird. weird yeah that's the that, first time i've heard anybody say that but yeah. that's exactly the way that it's i was become. i was For thinking sure. about that last night when i was watching this like you know this b movie greenland which is about which is a, a, a you know a, a, a um a, an what would you call it? It's like an apocalypse, apocalyptic, yeah. like like ex- ex- existential event based movie about a comet that's about to hit Earth, and like pretty much everyone has forty eight hours to live. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was looking at this, going, man, that just how fucked would that reality be? And then and then I was like, wait a minute, too real, we're, too real. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah. I'm living in a oh, fucked mm-hmm. reality right now too. Like this is fucking crazy. And it, and it would be that I'm just sitting here watching this movie and like just. Going about my day while the while we're living in contagion, like and we're it, living in that insane. horror movie, and it it's would be crazy. it would be just as weird if if shit went back to normal at the same pace as it got fucked last February March. Yeah, that would be just as weird to us as oh it was God, when it'd it be so bizarre. I'm, I'm, I'm almost kind of dreading it. I mean, mm. you know, things, at least in Ontario, things started to like open back up. And and that was right around the time that I was finishing my second, you know, my second round of treatment. And I was getting out for like a couple months before I found out that I relapsed again. But mm. I would get, I, I, didn't, I didn't leave the house even though I could because I got anxious. Like I, I, I have a really bad anxiety around crowds now just because, mm. and, and Jeremy, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like if someone gets, you know, someone our age gets COVID, it's like, they're like, okay, well, I can, you know, battle back from it. But a lot of immunocompromised people or, or people with with uh, conditions, chronic illnesses, it's mm-hmm. it could be a death sentence. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and so when I'm looking at like a risk of like ordering takeout or like going, you know, when things were opening up and you could go to patios in the summer, I was mm. like, do I want to risk this? No, not really. And when I when I get into like a crowd or when, where someone isn't following a guideline, I just like find myself shrinking up and then i noticed that and i'm like i never used to yeah <laughs> used to be like yeah. this yeah and yeah it's kind of shitty but it's kind of it's you know it's the reality so many people are living with right now because it would it would the worst thing in the world would be like you know you get a cancer diagnosis and then and it ends up not being cancer and then you bite it to covid it's like, like yeah. yeah like you're Come like on, oh dude. yeah give yeah. me a break dude <laughs> yeah. seriously lame yeah, yeah. That's like Pretty a lame. final destination shit, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like it was this, your face. Like, like your your face. COVID was, was your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the cancer yeah. was just a kick in the balls. 
Um, seriously. Uh, so, so hold on. Let, let me wrap my head around this. So, so, so you go in for, tr- you, you feel this lump in January, 2020, you go in for treatment in February, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a year ago. So yeah. are you go? you're in treatment now <laughs> again? What's the, yeah. what's going on? So I, I went through chemo and then I had a, uh, what's called an autologous stem cell transplant. And so the idea is is uh, stem cells are like what make up your immune system. So they uh, they withdrew they withdrew my blood like three times. My my body's uh, they cycled out my body's blood worth three times. Whoa, and, that's so uh, cool. Extracted like they separated the stem cells. So I was hooked up to this machine for like eleven hours. Whoa, and uh, it extracted all a bunch of stem cells. Uh, like an unimaginable amount. I don't remember how much, but it's crazy, like 18 million or something like that. I from, imagine that's you. From yeah, me, yeah, yeah from, from me. So they, they took out the stem cells, put my blood back into me, and then they gave me such high-dose chemotherapy that the reason they give me back my stem cells is because if they didn't give me back my stem cells, it's a fatal dose of chemotherapy. It takes your immune system down Whoa. to like zero. Whoa. So like when, when usually, you know, you're immunocompromised, it's like, your white blood cell counts like you know zero point something or one point something. Mine were like mine were all just flat zeros. Whoa! And so they take they, it out so that me- they can like so that they can like like power blast you with this shit, and then yeah. they're like, "We saved these things. We're gonna put them back we're in." Gonna, now we're so gonna get can- you T cell wasted, dude. yeah. It, it, 100%. Yeah, that's butt crazy. chug, butt chug the T cells. Open We're up. We're going to give you this through your chest, your chest chugging. T-cells. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Through so, this in your chest. So you, you were your own T cell donor? Yeah, I was my own. Yeah, which is kind of weird. You think of a transplant going from someone else to you. Yeah. But in this situation, yeah, it was, that's, it was that me going into me. That okay, sounds like cool. the, the craziest machine that does that. Yeah. I imagine that it, it, Number Does one, it, I imagine it makes a lot of noise, and number two, I imagine that it's called something like the like the halogen collider or something. The Willy like copter, that. like something collides <laughs> inside of it for sure. Uh, <laughs> There's I, definitely I, some collision. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I'm picturing like a scene from Willy Wonka where it's just like it's just like you know it's got steam coming out of it and things like bu- knob yeah. knobs and bobs and it's just going bouncing up around. Yeah. Not far off. Oh yeah, there was whirring going on. Yeah. There were lights Wizard, flashing. Whirring. I was whirring. looking over the nurse like, is this okay? Like, am I like? What's going on right now? Is it, like, no, the worrying the worrying is, is good. The is, worrying yeah. means it's working. <laughs> the is, worrying is good. Is it a trippy feeling? Like I, I I imagine they're not taking you know I I imagine the the machine's not uh completely draining you of all of your blood at once. Like it's it must no. be a incremental thing, but like do <laughs> yeah, you exactly. feel are you like, "Whoa, I feel woozy." Or or What was weird is you get so cold because your right. blood goes out, your your body is so warm and i would touch the tube of the blood going back in and it was like warm and i'm like how am i so cold right now but that's just the internal temperature of my body so i was like that's kind of weird whoa that's that's crazy they're like yeah you're cold right now because the blood going into you is colder than it is normally this is this is this is uh this little like 30 second bit that you did right there is is uh is is like 
audio porn for Army Hammer. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's a cannibal? <laughs> I was, uh, I was, anyway, uh, anyway we, can, we can move that, on. No. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I can't believe you went wow, there. Allegedly, a, allegedly. allegedly. Such a pop culture wow. reference. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Wow. I should go on a bit more about my blood then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Army Dave. Hammer's jerking off somewhere. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. That's kind of like cool. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah, that's so wild. So, 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 when did you? When did they? When did you get hooked up to the Willy Wonka machine to do this? That was my stem cell transplant. So they took the cells cells out of me. They blasted me with chemo, and then I chest chugged the the Mm. cells in like late May. Okay. And then I stayed in the hospital for about three weeks, um, which which the pandemic has just fucked that experience because normally you'd get like people coming in, yeah, bringing yeah. you food. Oh my god! And now dude. no one could see me. Like I was just alone for the whole three weeks, god. and I had to. And you have to eat the hospital food. The hospital food sucks so much. So I just didn't eat. Like they hooked me up to IV oh nutrients. Oh my god, dude. I'm like, I, I can't eat this. I'm like, I barely can do toast after chemo. Yeah. And they <laughs> they gave me like microwave lasagna. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy. Unless you want to see it, like I, I'm, I'll eat it. But unless the nutritionist wants to come here and clean it up on the floor in like yeah. 30 minutes, yeah. I don't know if you want me to eat this. Do you know, like, do you know I, I didn't even think about that, about how... It's, it was brutal. Yeah, was because disgusting. every time I get admitted, I literally, I eat zero hospital food. Which no, I, I always I have all the food brought into me. It's it's literally inedible. It's I, inedible. I thought that that was. I always thought that that was crazy. Like I thought that you were, I thought that you were so pretentious when you when you do when you did that. It when, is when you when you told me that. I mean, I got used to it because you've been in the hospital several times. That's it is straight up friends, the mo- the most horrid food. It looks well, like it plastic. wasn't until it's it wasn't until awful. I spent it, time in the hospital yeah. that I and then I ate no. Hospital food, and, yeah, and I also want to like ca- caveat that with like because I'm lucky enough to have people that were coming in and you know paying for you know Smitty's and but that's whatever. what I'm saying is in a pandemic you can't get that. It right. is fucking brutal. It, it's disgusting. Fuck. So I'd be like, I had a couple friends and, and family who were nurses, so so like I'd wake up after being asleep for like eight hours and. I'd see like a freezy or like a fresco mm. on on the counter. Mm. I'd, I'd be like, "Oh, this is a gift from God." I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Thank you, a fresca. This is perfect." What, like, what I'd make were some trips down to the vending machine? What were the allowances for for people? Like, were you complete? Like, was nobody allowed to see, or were you allowed a one person? Like, support? at the time, no one was. This time, thankfully, one. Like, I'm allowed one person. So, so that's going to be awesome. Like, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. The uh, one person I, is, 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 uh, is a guy from Skip the Dishes. It was just, just like, he, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's my boy from Skip the Dishes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because Trevor's the, here. Uh, who's Trevor? Oh, he's, he's just the Skip the Dishes guy that shows up he's not regular. three times yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually it. a good idea. I'm not joking. That's yeah, a good for idea. Real. For real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was crazy. And, and some of the nurses would be like, we feel so bad because like we like the nurses ordered a pizza last night. And I'm like, oh. okay, well, that just seems like, a you know, you didn't have to tell me that. Yeah. yeah fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I can see the Papa John's in the background. Like, yeah. you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. You're like, can I go down to the emergency room, like sliding door and have and have somebody like, like kick me? 
like kick me a delivery order from from 20 yeah, feet away yeah, like, seriously yeah well I, and the nurses the, even the nurses were like we're so sorry like this is like this is fucked up that you that you can't have any food brought in yeah. and we can bring in our lunches okay yeah. now you know everybody who works at the hospital knows everybody knows the food sucks what mm-hmm. is the it's like it's like if everybody knows. Well, no, but here's the why thing. Why is it not different? It's so we're saying this and we all agree because we live in Canada. But if you like if you live in the US and you, there there are some hospitals in the US. I remember uh, a a woman at the Moksha teacher training in LA got super fucking sick. She was a Canadian. She got some sort of crazy lung infection and she got hospitalized for basically 3 weeks. And Talking to her after that experience, she was like, dude, the one thing about this fucking hospital, the food was like Michelin five star <laughs> fucking like dude. unbelievable. And I, it, that, it yeah, blew like, my her mind. hospital visit only I mean, costs a hundred thousand dollars. That's right. Yeah, exactly. the, the bill was, <laughs> that's was like when steep. you fly, that's like when you fly Air Canada. All the time, and then and then you know you go on this trip and you end up going through Dubai and like your 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 leg from Dubai to London is is Emirates. Very relatable. And you're like very relatable. (laughs) Sentence. You know when you're driving. You know when you're flying first class. (laughs) So much better than Air Canada. Yeah. Have you ever had the food on the Concorde? It's way better. Everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. I got a Patreon question here for you, Dylan. Uh, this is from Chastity. Um, she says, how do you cope with the uncertainty around your cancer slash health in general and try to remain hopeful? Because I, I, I and, and the reason why I, wa- I wanted to hit that question here is because, you know, we've, we've been talking to you now for um, like 40 minutes and you... You are you're such a you're you're such a ray of light. Like you are, you are that you. you are you 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 do radiate positivity. And you there's even though you've made it clear that like things are hard and sometimes it's scary. You there is so much levity like that just fucking comes out of you in even in in discussing this kind of stuff. So like yeah, how do you how do you remain hopeful? In, in, in the face of the uncertainty of, of what you're dealing with. I mean, I think you just perfectly described, I mean, one, like the ethos of what you guys are doing, right? Um, I'm sure you know, and, and, and I've had good days and bad, just like everyone. But at the end of the day, you can, you know, I can focus on this. This is not a good situation, obviously. Mm. 50% survival rate, you know, and, and some even lower than that. Doesn't sound great, but at the same time, uh, I've been really lucky. Like I'm, I'm already lucky. I have a lot of privilege. Uh, I'm in a spot in life where I have a lot of support around me and cancer's actually given me a lot. You know, it's given me a, 
uh, a, a path in life, a career that I'm, I'm passionate about. It's why I get to talk to you guys. Um, Dylan, man, you've listened to this podcast. You should have waited till the end to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should have waited till the end. I was thinking that too. <laughs> That's okay. We'll just recycle that. You don't even have to answer <laughs> yeah. the question at the end. We'll just replay what you just said. <laughs> Insert um, <here>. <laughs> But that was honestly like that's why I've been such a you know a big fan of you guys and and why I I try to live mm-hmm. by that is because it, it's it's a lot it, it's just a lot easier to live by that in life you yeah. know you can you can get really down on a lot of things but for me it's just been so much so much easier and so much of a more of a help to focus on what these experiences have given me I, I'm gonna push back a little bit on that I I wouldn't I I I, I would. I'm sure, I'm sure that's, I'm sure you feel that way. I don't mean pushback as in like, I don't believe you, but, but to say that it's easier, I think some people might hear that and go, well, that's not, I don't think that's true. And I, and I think there's, I think there's validity to that thought because I think the easy way out is to get, is to succumb to the, the fucking bummer is to, is to be swallowed up by the, by the woe is me, um, to be, to be swallowed up by the, the, you know, the fear and the, the, the overwhelming sense of, of dread like that, that to me is easier. <clears throat> but when you choose that path of like finding levity, which sometimes is, is, can be tough to like muster that strength. When you choose that path, things become much easier. And, right? and you feel better. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's a great, I'm, I'm really glad you said that it, it's, and for me too, that is especially true for, you know, talking about it and being honest with people. Like, like Brian said, you know, I, I throw out a lot like, oh yeah, I'm doing fine. Yeah. Even when I'm, I'm not doing fine. And, mm-hmm. and for me, it's been a struggle to open up a lot about that and be honest with people when I'm not feeling fine. I, mm-hmm. I get really guilty about worrying people and, and I get really down on myself when I am honest with people and say like, I'm not doing great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, shit, you know, what if that ruined their day? And now they're worried about me yeah. and now, but you're but you're aware that you do this. So like a hundred percent. And 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 when I do open up, like so many, you know, I'm uh, my counselor has told me this, and 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 my my girlfriend, my family, they're like, you know, try to open up because because mm. I think you'll feel a lot better for it. And when I do, when it, you know, it's hard it, it, for me. Like the go-to easy way out is to just bottle it up and not really talk to anyone else mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it. But when I when I open up a little bit and and you know through counseling appointments and through being really honest and having these tough conversations with the people around me, I found that it, you know, it's harder, but you feel a lot better mm-hmm. for doing it. I, so I think that's, that's a lot more accurate to say that it, it sometimes it is 100% the harder path, mm. but in the end, I think you get a lot more out of it. Yeah. For doing yeah. That. Yeah. I want to, I want to add to that too, that, you know, coming back to what, what, what we were talking about last night, like when you said, when you said, I think it's going to be good tomorrow. I think the results are going to be good. I'm, I'm optimistic about it. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to take that route sometimes as long as you have a sense of awareness of like when you're doing it and when you, and when, like if, if something's really, really bothering you mm-hmm. and you choose to avoid it and say that everything is fine, then that's not a good way out, but, mm-hmm. but, or uh, not a way out, but not a good route to take. But if you are constantly having to answer people's questions all the time about how you're doing and you've just had an emotionally um, exhausting conversation about how you're doing that, that is a positive one and is going to be a net positive for you overall. I don't think it's your responsibility to say to the next person, 
to, to rehash those same feelings with the next person. I think that it's about balance and awareness in how you feel mm. in certain situations. Like you should, you should open up when you're ready to open up and talk about things. And also you should just say, I'm fine when you're not. Yeah. Like, like most things in life, it's about knowing yourself and having that ability to reflect and say, totally. this is yeah. a moment where I need to open up mm. for, mm. for, you know, my own mental health or, or the mental health of the people around me. And the, the times where it's, you know, whether it's reading the room or whether it's like, you know, I don't, you know, I'm catching some, some uh, insane winds on Warzone right now. <laughs> I don't really need to. This tough conversation can come after the next, I'm going uh, to, the next W. Guys, I know we have two teams flanking us right now, but I just want to say I'm really worried about my CT scan tomorrow. <laughs> You're like, dude, later. <laughs> Uh, oh, like, Dylan, dude, Dylan, this is good. I, <laughs> I, just wait. That. I, uh, I know we've, I know we've kind of been, like, we've, we've bounced all over the place with this combo, but which I, I, it's I, great. I, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's so much fun, but I, I have to come back. So, so you, 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 you had the, you had the, the T cell transplant where you were the mm-hmm, recipient. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was almost a year ago. And so, so did your cancer come back a third time or, or what's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I had the stem cell transplant and, and for stem cell transplants, the recovery is pretty lengthy. It's usually, they say like about a hundred days until you're like, can go back to work and start doing things again. Oh, wow. And, and that was pretty much for me. Like I, you know, I spent most of those first couple months in bed, not really able to do anything. Um, just kind of finding the strength to get up and mm. go to appointments or things like that. And uh, along the way, like I had a blood clot in my lung. So I was on blood thinners for that. And, you know, I've had some colon infections that have been interesting. Mm, yum. Um, I've been on antibiotics for that. Yeah, yummy. And yummy. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Poopy problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so these little things complicate, complicated and, and kind of prolonged the recovery. So I'd say like I was, you know, I went back to Kingston. I went back to my apartment in Kingston and back to work in September. And then like mid-October, I noticed a cough and I was like, shit. It was kind of like one of those moments where you're in bed at night and you're just falling asleep and then I cough and it like comes from your lungs. It doesn't come from your throat. Mm. I'm like, shit. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. Uh, it doesn't feel good. So I, I went back in and this was only like a month after I'd, you know, been back to work. And so my oncologist was like, uh, at one of the follow-ups, he's like, I don't think anything's wrong. It would be unusual if it grew back this quickly. So I'll, we'll send you for an x-ray, but I think you're fine. And then like, they call me back, you know, having already said like, oh dude, no way it's growing back this quickly. Like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then they call me the next day and they're like, so we found something in your lung. And, and that like this time for me has been, has been nerve wracking because yeah. I've never had, you know, a, a tumor in my lung. I've never, you know, and, and it's kind of that armor being chipped away. Yeah. They tell you it's, you know, it's, it's gone and then comes back. They tell you it's gone and comes back. So now it's the point where, you know, every scan for me is a little bit nerve wracking. And, mm. and today was really huge because that scan did come back clear, but for a long time, like it's, it's been like third, the third time, like that's crazy. And, and this, uh, this coming up is kind of like the last line of treatment, the last, uh, the last option they have. So, I'm like if this doesn't work, it's kind of just like you're fucked. And what is much. that option? What 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 are what what are you what are you staring down st- staring at in the future? So here? this time it's it's uh, this chemo, which is an immunotherapy. So it kind of uh, it, it's not attacking everything. So um, the symptoms have been different. Um, it's just going after the cancer, and it's been effective. But 
uh, now I'm going to the allogenetic, it's called an allogeneic stem cell transplant. So that's from someone else. That's uh, my stem cells obviously aren't up to the task. So I see. they're bringing in my, my dad is actually donating them, which oh, is, whoa. Uh, I'm really thankful for. So uh, my blood, when, when I get a blood test, my DNA will come back as my dad's. Wow. So like I, my blood will be my dad's type. Like I'll, my blood type will change. My DNA will change. And then if you like swabbed my saliva, it would be my DNA. So I'll like have two sets of Whoa, DNA. Oh, dude. Me, which is kind of cool. I wonder like, ah, man, I can't help but wonder like you, you and your dad before this goes down should, should like extensively go through all possible preferences that you guys have. So like, like <laughs> taste of food, you know, like color, like fucking everything, like tactile, like, like, like sensation, things that you touch, things that you feel, things that you smell, things that you like, that you each love. And then, you know, if your dad's like, I don't fucking, I don't fuck with carrots and uh, like (laughs) at all. And then, and you're like, I I don't mind carrots. I think they're kind of good. And then, and then you get your dad's DNA pumping through your body. And then all of a sudden you're like, dude, carrots are, dude, it could be, it could be, it could go as far as like a Freaky Friday. Yes, Freaky Friday type situation. Yes. Yeah, God, that, yeah. that'd be interesting. Were you, were you completely? Mm, body it would swapped? be horrifying. I'm going to tell you right now, you do not want to be <laughs> your dad. Uh, yeah, you, you no. don't want your dad to I be mean, you. Look, he's a, he's a healthy guy, so I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine. But uh, if, if I come back for a follow up conversation and, and I'm uh, like 52 years old, we'll know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like we're 52 next week. You know, I've, I've been home for, I've been living with my my uh, dad for a year now. So I was saying like, mm. man, am I going to be like telling myself to do the dishwasher after this or like myself <laughs> to like clean up my room or something? Yeah, like right. Yeah. And I was like, that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> then, I, yeah then, I'm, then I'd I'm, be clean. <laughs> so when, when do you, I'm pretty excited. When do you go in for, uh, for this Freaky Friday? So what's, what's great about the scan results today, I went in and, and, I was I was worried like I was honestly fully anticipating them to say like yeah you know it's not looking good. Uh, thankfully, for whatever reason, I got that inside of my head. But thankfully, I went in there like it looks completely normal, so we can start with planning and and moving ahead with that. So hopefully, I'll get that in March, and then uh, um, the recovery process starts from there. So you know, a, a couple of a three months after that, and hopefully, I'll be right. back on my feet. Hey yeah. man, I don't want to I don't want to trivialize it, but. I know. I understand why you get that thought in your head because you, you know, you you got you got it, you got it, and went away, came back, went yeah. away, comes back again, and I'm just gonna again. I don't want to trivialize it, but I'm gonna relate it to our our internet. I don't want to trivialize it. They came to set it up. But I'm gonna they relate came to set it, to it up. <laughs> it didn't work. They came back. Didn't work. They came back. Now we got fucking crazy you know high what? speed internet. I, I upgraded. We upgraded our internet, and I still lagged out on call of duty the other day. So, and I honestly don't know what frustrated me more. Or lagging out on call of duty. It's a very close. It's a very close. Close race. You know what's funny, guys? I just want to say there is probably a reason why they say the third time's a charm. So that's kind of been yeah. the generic, generic like Instagram post. It's like third time's a charm. Everyone. How like, often have you that. have you gotten sick of hearing that from people? I'm sure that that's like the yeah. third time's a charm, like, there, buddy. Hope, you know? <laughs> but for but for but for real though, as, as yeah. much as I'm joking about that, I I obviously we are a thousand percent in your corner. We're so happy that that, that that scan was looking good today. And and hopefully it's not nothing, but nothing, nothing 
more than more of that type of news. Thank uh, you. From now on, I, I really think this. Yeah, this is going to be. <clears throat> Uh, mm. So fingers crossed on that one, and, yeah. and everything's looking good. Uh, and, we, and we've talked about that a lot though, through the through the episode, and and like you know the the kind of the nuance between the nuance between like being optimistic and you know being unrealistic, and 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 I'm a forever optimist, and I think that at the end of the day, you're as much as you're as much as you're as much as what will happen will happen. Mm-hmm. Your attitude and the way that you approach it, and and the and what that the impact that that the positive impact that optimism has on your mental health and the way that you have you you have your relationships and all that like it's it is it is massive and, and yeah and it's and <clears throat> keep that going. But it's that's, also that's it's huge. it's also not even about like the outcome. It's about yeah how right. you how you carry yourself through that you're journey. Feeling. Like yeah, if you're if, mm. like you could choose. I mean, and it's not. You know, it's not so much a choice, but but uh, you can either be optimistic and and live the days as positively as possible, and with the ups and downs, obviously. But mm. yeah, I guess it's as I say some this, I'm them, like this some... is just inspiration porn too. But I I believe it in my heart of heart, but also I'm like, yeah, some days it's fucking easier said than done. Some of the most inspiring people I know are are people just living with you know, whatever chronic illness mm. it is, but, you know, cancer, cystic fibrosis, it can be anything, but, but some of the most inspiring people I know are people who have, have gotten a diagnosis back and, and it will be something they live with for the rest of their lives. Mm. And they still choose to live every day with, with that purpose and that positivity. And I think that's, you know, as, as much as it's great to say, like, I'm going to be cured and then I'm going to go on to do this and that it's, it's so powerful to be able to say like, this is something I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. And I'm still going to make a, a huge impact. And yeah. Do all yeah. The dude. Shit I want to do because of it. Yeah. We, I mean, fuck an hour ago, we just spoke to a guy who had penis cancer <laughs> and, and you should have heard the, like the positivity coming out of that fucking dude. Can yeah. you imagine that? Oh yeah. Penis cancer. They had to cut a tumor off the tip of his wee wee. Yeah, that's a, that's, uh, that's Jer- an awkward one. Jer's hiding it well, but he's he's reeling from that conversation. That conversation <laughs> fucked me up. Yeah. I gotta in I, a good way. Uh, no, no, no. I gotta talk to my therapist later. This is uh, <laughs> it, it, there was there was a whole lot that came up in that conversation. That uh, I, I guess be, before we before we do come to a close here, I wanna I just want to talk about the work that you've done with the Canadian Cancer Society. So you know you've said that you've spoke that you've done a lot of advocacy work. Uh, you've worked for the society. You you do speaking. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I I'm I'm assuming that like that work started because of your initial diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is is this something that you're still working on uh, currently? And and how has that how has that work um, played a role in the way that you approach your diagnosis um from like a from a sort of like mental point of view yeah it's 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 played such a big role you you know in my life and my mental view before i was diagnosed i didn't really know what i you know i kind of had that lacking of a purpose right I, i didn't know what i wanted to do um i didn't know where i was going and and this like i said that woman these people who have give have been given so much um, from these services that the CCS offers, mm. it, it it lit that in me. It, it gave me that purpose, and, and so I got involved with you know my local chapter, 
um, and and sort of volunteering at events. And in my fourth year of university, I I think I applied to, and my manager knows this. I think I applied to like twenty five different jobs at the CCS, from oh. PEI to Vancouver. I was I was Whoa. basically like I will I will sweep the floor. I just kind of want to be in the room where this right. is going on. And thankfully, I, I got a job, you know, where I wanted to live and, and doing working with students and and uh, fundraising for this amazing cause. So I, I kind of lucked out with the perfect, perfect job. But um, man, what an imp- like to it's crazy. The fact it's that like you a, the fact that dream. the fact that you were that like inspired to want to mm. work for that organization, I think just goes to show how much of an impact organizations like the CCS can have on people who are going through really tough times. Like to and also, also speaks across- to also speaks to you as a, as a person, you know what I mean? Like I, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I can only imagine that there's a lot of people out there who get a cancer diagnosis and then, and then like want to just want nothing to yeah. fucking do yeah. with it. It's 100%. like, like, th- like the thought of working for the cancer society would be like, Remind revolting me to yeah, exactly, which, you know? but which is which is fine, totally too, valid, right? totally valid, yeah, yeah, which is completely valid. Like, yeah. I, I can totally understand how this has dominated your life so much. You, yeah. you want to take a step back, and, and honestly, like, I had my time to take a step back, but yeah. but then I, I found this purpose. And and like in, in January, when I was like, you know, I knew that I had this lump on my neck, I, I went into the local office, and this woman who had a blood cancer was picking out a wig. And I got mm. to talk to her about her port that she had, that I had had the same one. Mm. And, and I got to give her advice on picking a wig. Like what a, what a crucial, special, beautiful part of someone's life that yeah. you get to go in there and, and say like, you know, I've been through this and, and, and I, I, I want to talk to you about it. And, and I want to help you to like feel beautiful about yourself and, mm. and give you this kind of affirmation of, of what you're doing and, and the fact that you're doing things right. Um, it, it, you know, there, that's just one moment that, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's like, I got into my car and I was on the way home, like bawling my eyes out because I'm like this, like, I can't believe that just happened. And yeah. that like, oh, man. this is what I'm doing with my life. So there have been tons of moments like that. And, and, you know, in my first year, students across Canada rate, like just students raised like $7.2 million wow. For, wow. for the society, just like 200 schools did that, which is oh, crazy. Shit. So there, yeah. there have been like moments like that, that I found. Like like we were saying, like it would be so easy to, you know, turn away from that. But mm. um, the the benefits that I've gotten from opening up and continue to to open up with with that work have been, uh, mm. you know, there'll be forever moments that I look back on and and uh, find so life changing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Talk about like like feeling hopeful for humanity though, like seeing situations like that uh, unfold day in and day out. Like I. I can I can get why you're so passionate about about being a part of something like that. Yeah, you don't you don't get into nonprofit work to get rich or you know, <laughs> yeah. to get famous. You, you yeah. get into it because it's like really something special. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty lucky. Man, Dylan, you're a fucking beautiful human being. Yeah, yeah, I, you I guys mean, are too. I mean, that's why I'm you know, so, I'm so starstruck right now. Speaking <laughs> of of something really special, I think that this. Uh, this right here, this is really special. This conversation, mm. uh, everything that you that you've put up to offer to our listeners today. This is this is um, yeah. This is just like uh, this is exactly what we're we're trying to um, exactly what we're trying to produce here is 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 hearing conversations like this. And I'm 
eternally grateful for having the opportunity to be a part of a project where we get to meet people like you because this is just fucking super rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I and thank you guys for doing it because you know I've listened to I listened to you guys for a while now and it's uh, you you guys continue to inspire me and a lot of other people because uh, mm. I know for you know for a portion of my life it, I was like guys don't open up you know mm. guys don't get real or uh, they can't talk about this stuff and it's been a really really beautiful transition to to go from that to you know being able to tell you know tell my guy friends like hey man i love you and and i really appreciate you and, yeah. and what you're doing and and that's something that you guys are working so hard to do and i think that's pretty amazing mm. thanks well man. dude i want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to share all of this with us and our listeners um because this is really special and i don't think this this will be the last time that we have you on the show that's for sure mm. perfect I thank agree. you guys so much hopefully really hopefully it. it's not because your cancer comes back though like yeah, you're no. saying that <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i mean i i just meant just to fucking hang out on the show but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean definitely we don't want the cancer yeah. coming back. i mean it's like man i really want to hang out with you again i hope you relapse again yeah. <laughs> be cool. that's why we started playing warzone yeah. together so we can hang out <laughs> Oh, man, that was quite the conversation. Dylan is a fucking gem. Such a sweetheart. Such a sweetheart, and uh, we are stoked to have had him on the show, and I don't think that that will be the last time we have him on the show. Um, again, hopefully, just to have him on just for fun and not <laughs> anything to do with his cancer. I was like, where are you going with this? Because that hopefully he doesn't come back. No, we don't for ever bad want, reasons. We don't ever want repeat guests for sickness. Yeah. Um uh folks, we had so much fun with you right there that we would like to invite you back over to hang out with us again this coming Friday and the Monday after that and forever, forever, every Monday and Friday forever. Uh, we are doing episodes weekly, two episodes a week. On Mondays, you get these fun ones like this where we talk to cool people like Dylan, and then on Fridays, we just dive into a whole bunch of mess. Silliness. Oftentimes silliness. Super silliness. Who knows what you'll get. Um, uh, And if you want to listen to the podcast, if you're not already doing it, subscribe, uh, like, whatever the fuck it is, follow, uh, depending on where you do it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the CBC Listen app. And uh, if you want to write us uh, a letter for us to read on the show, you can reach us at letters at sickboypodcast.com. Uh, we, we love hearing from you. We also love uh, checking out your art. So if mm. you feel like you want to you know, put together a cute little picture and send it our way, um, I, lo- I, I particular, particularly love those. Yeah. You can also check us out on YouTube. We got that YouTube channel up and running now. Check out our videos there and make sure you like and comment and subscribe to the channel. Uh, And as always, I'd like to thank the people who make this show happen. Huge thank you to the one and only Lauren Sankey, to Jeremy Saunders, to Taylor McGillivray, and myself, the host of the show. And to Jeff Lonas for making this podcast happen, our one and only manager extraordinaire. And to Donovan, the Meerkat Morgan, for the sound design on all these Monday episodes. And last but not least, to take part for the incredible theme music. That is it for this week. 
I'm Brian. Taylor was here, but he's not anymore. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.